want to spend some time this morning talking about the thinking mind. And you may have noticed that you have some thoughts now and then. And, you know, I loved it. I once saw this cartoon and the cartoon was the person sitting there in this nice lotus posture and the little bubble says, I've been here five minutes doing this. Why isn't, why isn't it all quiet now? You know, I've been here days. Why isn't it quiet now? Or I've done this for decades. Why isn't it quiet now? Um, So one thing to keep remembering, and I know I said this earlier, is that the, the mind thinks just like the ear hears, this is its purpose. This is what it does. And we're not here to stop it, to make, make it wrong, make it bad. But we are, in our practice, gaining a perspective on this thinking process. We're getting some distance, some ability to observe it, to recognize it for what it is, rather than simply falling, tumbling into it and getting confused that it is somehow real. It's ephemeral. It comes and goes. It's about a bunch of neurons firing. The thoughts themselves have no substance to them. So there's, it's useful right at the start when I'm talking about thoughts to acknowledge that there's two different kinds of thoughts. There's verbal ones, the ones that, you know, tell a little story, and, and there's images. And some of us will tend to think more in images and some more verbally and all of us will tend to have a little bit of a mix of the other one but it's useful to recognize because sometimes when we think about thinking we think only about the verbal ones but images are also a way we think and this desire to want to make them stop when we start as a when we first start meditating we often think that's the purpose of meditation and I know I did. You know, what a relief it would be, I thought, if they would just stop. And then later on, after we've practiced for a while, we may have had some experiences where there were some gaps, where it was not quite so noisy. And so even though we know that's not the purpose, we still often subtly cling and want that to happen. So it's good to recognize that. Thoughts do occasionally stop for little periods of time, either when we're very concentrated, like when the mind is really settled on the breath or on some other object. Sometimes just spontaneously, it just gets really quiet. And that's wonderful. It's it's such a relief. There's just this space there. But it's important to remember it's temporary. We usually can't make it happen. 
even, just even the effort of making it happen, of trying to make it happen, will not allow it to happen. But to remember that's not really the point. We can enjoy it, but don't cling to those moments. They're here to stay, these thoughts. So what's most important is the relationship. Back to that relationship thing. The relationship we have with the thoughts that are happening. How do we have some ease, some kindness, some wisdom and understanding in our relationship to the thoughts? One of the, in order to develop this relationship, we have to have a certain degree of consistent and steady mindfulness. I'm, we're, you're probably thinking, well, why didn't we talk about thoughts the first day? They were, you know, I've been having them since then, you know. But it's, it's because we actually need a certain amount of stability to even get a little space to see the thoughts and to work with them skillfully. So that is where the basic practice that we do of orienting to the breath, orienting to the body, or sometimes to sounds, that those help give us a place to come home to and a stability that starts to cultivate the mindfulness and give us some distance from falling into the thoughts. Once we have that stability, that collectedness of mind, then we can be a little less um, oriented to just the breath. It's easier then to start moving towards a fuller vipassana, Vipassana means insight. And the Vipassana meditation is one where we're not actually preferring the breath. We are letting whatever is predominant be known. So we might start out paying attention to the breath, and then we hear a sound, and then there's a sensation in the body, and then we see a thought go by, and then nothing's happening and we feel the breath. So the movement of the Vipassana meditation, when our mind is settled enough, is to allow whatever is predominant to be known. And to let one thing arise and pass, and then the next. Simply the flow of experience coming through. So in order to allow and to see clearly this flow of experience, we have to have the collectedness and stability of not getting caught in the thoughts, in the thinking process itself. This is why we often start a practice period, a retreat, with some form of practice to collect ourselves. A lot of, so the thoughts come in a number of forms. You may have noticed there are thoughts about the past, 
thoughts about the future and thoughts about the present moment, comparing this to that and, and how I'm doing and how I should, what should happen and all that. And then the past has a lot to do with, you know, rehashing something. Sometimes with the past, we need to work with forgiveness and work with um, uh, some compassion for ourselves. And then the future I talked about actually quite a bit yesterday with talking about planning and worry. So all of these different things can come in as forms of thoughts. And one of the very important aspects of thought is that it's how we create a sense of I. This is the, the way that we create an identity of me. If you notice, your thoughts are very often have me at the center of them. And this is also why it's often more, we, our thoughts don't dissipate very easily because as the thoughts dissipate, our sense of me, of I, goes with it. And that's uncomfortable when we're not familiar with it. So we are creating a sense of self, moment after moment, with what I want, what I think, what I did, what I'm planning. This is this strong identification. So this is, really points to a very important, more subtle aspect of the thoughts. But it can help us as we connect with and work with thoughts. Because there's a number of layers for working with thoughts. First of all, having this attitude of kindness, nothing's gone wrong, it's not that I shouldn't be thinking. Have having a sense of leniency towards the thoughts. Sometimes I just go, wow, where did that come from? You know? And rather than like, that's horrible that you're having that thought. You know, I just like, amazing. You know, and letting the thoughts just come, realizing they're just the result of past conditioning all sorts of inputs over our whole lives. And there's this spontaneous arising of a thought. But I like to make, there's a very useful distinction between a thought arising, like the ear hears a sound, and the process of thinking. Can you feel that? You're just sitting here and a single thought comes in, and if you don't do anything with it, it will pass. But if you grab a hold of it and start thinking about it, you add something to it, and then you add something else, now you're engaged in a volitional process that you can affect. The first thought, just having, yep, these happen, kindness, but then interrupting the thinking process. You know, we we have a word uh, in the Pali language of the Buddha, there's a word, papancha. And I love the word. It sort of seems one of those words that describes the thing itself. And papancha is this movement of the thinking mind. 
you know. I could look around the room and go, oh, I like that shawl. I wonder where it comes from. I wonder if it's soft. I wonder if, it's, I wonder if it would be better if I had a softer shawl. Where would I get that? I wonder if my meditation would be better if I had a softer shawl. Well, actually, it's too hot. Yeah, it's too hot. If I went someplace cold to meditate, that would be better. Endless, right? On and on. We can interrupt that. And the process of interrupting that again and again is the process of creating space and freedom. So what are the ways to interrupt that getting caught in it? First, there's... um, there, there's some familiar things you may already even work with quite a bit. One is just to label it. Oh yeah, thinking going on. Or more precisely, planning. Or um, worrying, remembering. So it can be helpful. And just that little moment of labeling the thinking process gives us that distance of recognizing what's happening. So that can be helpful. Just switching sense gates sometimes is the best thing. You know, you're thinking and you just go, I'm going back to my breath. Just feel the breath. Or I'm coming back to my body. Feel my body. I mentioned this last night, but I think it's so useful. If I wasn't thinking these thoughts, what would I be feeling? Coming down underneath the thinking into the body. What's going on here? Some other the the one of the things that catches us up because of this identification with thoughts is being willing to give up the thoughts. How many times have you gone along uh, and you're thinking some thoughts and you go, "Well, this thought's important," or "Yeah, I do need to think about this right now." And the encouragement in our meditation practice is to be willing to give up your thoughts. For this, we're not saying that thoughts are bad permanently, but this is a practice period. To be willing to give up your thoughts. Sometimes you can ask yourself, do I really need to be thinking this thought right now? Joseph Goldstein says, in the context of meditation, no thought is worth thinking about. And if you can remember that, then that can slice through that clinging. Oh, I've got to keep thinking about this. One of the practices I think is so useful is to drop it mid-sentence. Drop your thought. When you see that you're thinking, see if you can drop it mid-sentence. Because every time you do that, you set up a pathway of non-clinging, of letting go, of disidentification, dropping it mid-sentence, 
again and again. And as you do it, it gets easier. Just keep dropping it. You can, if you try to do that, you might see the addiction to your thoughts. You might have certain pride in some thoughts. Oh, this is an important thought. And you can really feel the sense of, oh, I'm having these, I'm thinking about this, this is important. And just notice how it feels and see that little latch onto it. It can be really interesting. So, I mentioned there's a couple of, there's a couple of different approaches. One is to have antidotes, in other words, to really just do something else. And the other is to work with the relationship. So you can kind of have those. The antidotes are things like going to your breath, going to sounds, noticing the underlying emotion. So really getting completely away from the thought. They continue, but you're not paying attention to it. You're not orienting it. One of the ways, if you're really overwhelmed, that's very useful, is to open your eyes. If you find you're really getting caught in something, open your eyes, orient, look at something, look out the window, feel your body, see that you're here in this room, not where the thoughts are taking you. And then begin again. That can be a very helpful reset. So um, the other avenue is to more go into a relationship with the thoughts. That's sort of like the naming them. Oh, planning. Oh, worrying. Feeling. And then also you might sometimes see the patterns of the thoughts. Like if a certain set of thoughts keeps coming up again and again, noticing that patterning, going, huh, what's, the, what's happening there? Not the content, but the pattern. And see if that pattern has some emotional history to it, has some fear of something underneath it. What's, the, what's that pattern? And sometimes just seeing the pattern is enough. That then we see the pattern and we, the habit energy is so strong in our thoughts that a lot of times we might see the pattern, we can't solve it. I love a story a colleague of mine said that she noticed that every time she moved from sitting to walking or walking to sitting, she would have resistance. There would be a bunch of noise happening. And so she added something like, she'd notice it, and then she would just add something like, yes, and the sky is blue today. In other words, just completely, it's just a random thought. It's just a habit of mind. You know, yes, and the birds are singing. I don't need to do anything with this thought. I don't need to fix it. I don't need to believe it. I don't need to get involved. Yep, that's what my mind does when it's time to get up and walk. Goes into resistance and gets a story going. Oh well. There's a couple other things. Sometimes um, there's a and later this morning, I'll lead you in a couple of 
different ways in our meditation. Some of it is visual, to imagine like thoughts going by as boxcars on a train. Like each thought is a boxcar going by and you're just getting a little distance of watching them all go by. And sometimes there's spaces, sometimes they're going by so fast that there's no space between them. Sometimes there's really slow. Occasionally they leave a back boxcar off and there's a whole space there, but not often. That was my meditation for the first five years. That was the only instruction I had. So I watched boxcars for five years. Useful. I saw a lot of them. Uh, Some people have a softer one. Watching clouds. Thoughts as clouds floating through. Watching carefully how they begin. Seeing if you can see the beginning of a thought. That's really hard, but a little easier is seeing the ending of a thought. Seeing how a thought dissipates and the space that's left afterward. And then I mentioned, as with the planning, what, feeling the energy behind the thoughts is another way of being with the thought in a different way. So this morning we're going to do our lying down, a guided meditation that will be a combination really of the last two days, working with breath and a body scan. And then after that, I'm going to ask you to sit back up and I'll give you some, a little bit of guided meditation with a few images and ways to work with thoughts. And then you can see if any of those are useful for you to remember as you continue your practice. So let's go ahead and get set up in our lying down posture. So having settled into your posture, allowing your body to relax, softening into the ground, into the earth, taking a few moments, and just feel if there's any places of tension, any places where Just bringing your awareness will allow a little more space, perhaps in the shoulders, perhaps around the eyes,
And then take a moment to just check in, just feel what's here now, orient to your heart-mind-body system. And in this morning's meditation, we're going to be using a little bit of our imagination. Imagining that we could breathe directly into different parts of our body. That the breath could come in right through the skin. You can think of it as breath or energy. But allowing yourself to have the sense that this oxygen, this all around us can, that nourishes every cell in our body. Allowing yourself to sense that this could maybe come in right through the skin into the cells. So beginning down at our feet, you can think of it as prana, or nourishment, or oxygen, or breath. So feeling your toes, the big toes, and imagine that you could pull air directly through the skin of the toes into the cells of the toes. So just imagine pulling in through the surface, and as you inhale, the air goes into the big toes. You can feel the surface, top, bottom, sides. And then with the inhale, feel deep inside the toe. And on the exhale, you could either let the air back out through the skin or simply relax. And on the next inhale, bringing in air. Now begin to include the second toe. And as uh, we have done before, the second toe may be a little more nebulous. It doesn't, none of these will be shaped exactly as you imagine. Let it be exactly as it is. Feel yourself inhale into the area of the first and second toe without worrying about some idea of what it should be shaped like or what it should feel. Just notice what you can, what's here. As you breathe in, there might be a sense of space or ease. Or initially, there might be more of a sense of confusion. How does this work? 
Just allow that to be. Then including the third toe. So it's like your toes are becoming these expanding organs of breath. Letting it expand to the fourth toe. And then the fifth. So now you're breathing in breath, prana, breathing it in through the skin into all the cells of the toes. Feeling where the toes connect to the foot and breathing in there. Expanding now to include the forefoot. Breathing in through the bottom of the foot. And through the top of the foot. Breathing in through the whole of the forefoot. Expanding and relaxing completely on the exhale, noticing if there's any tension that accumulates around the eyes or in the shoulders. And breathing in through the toes and the forefoot and into the arch and instep, top, bottom. See if you can allow the breath to come in almost as if it would come in and swirl around all the bones and muscles and tendons in there, touching each of the cells. And then coming to the area of the heel. Breathing in through the bottom of the heel and the sides. Breathing deep into the ankle. So now you're breathing in through all of both feet. Like breathing organs, pulling in breath. And then allowing this to expand up into the lower half of the lower leg. Breathing in from all sides, the front, the back. sides 
Letting this expand up to the upper part of the lower leg so that you're breathing in through the whole of the lower leg. Letting the knee be included. Coming to the upper leg, breathing in through the lower part of the upper leg, the front, the back. Breathing into any sensations that you can feel, breathing into the places you can't feel. Expanding up to include the whole upper leg. If you can feel the skin, breathing in through that, and then taking the breath deep inside. If you could pull the breath all the way into the middle of the bones. So now you're breathing in through all of both legs. And as you exhale, allowing there to be space and relaxation, letting go of any tension that might be there. Letting the awareness begin to include the joint with the hips along the groin, deep inside the hip. And then allowing your attention to come to the area of the pubic bone. And imagine that you could breathe right in through the skin, through the bone, bringing the breath right into the middle of the lower pelvis. And then breathing in through the genital area.
breathing in through the perineum. Letting the breath come in through the base of the body, coming into the lower pelvis. And then coming around to the back body, believe breathing in through the big glute muscles. See if you can pull the breath right into the middle of all those muscles. Filling the whole space of every, between and in every cell. coming to the sides of the hips. Breathing in, taking the breath all the way through into the lower pelvis area, filling a balloon in the middle. And then filling from the front, breathing through the front of the belly, taking the breath into all the inner organs there, letting them be bathed in breath and nourishment. And then letting that attention move up in the abdomen, breathing in now through the mid area of the abdomen. And here you start to really connect with the natural movement of the breath. It's just you're imagining breathing in through the skin into this area. Breathing in through the sides of the abdomen, taking the breath right into the middle. And now taking a moment to feel the whole body from the waist down. See if you can feel the breath coming in all the way from the waist through the hips and pelvis, the legs and the feet. the whole lower body puffing up with the inhale, being filled, nourished.
and then coming up into the upper lung area, coming in through the center of the chest. As you inhale here, adding this, you feel the air fill the lungs. Coming in through the sides. And then beginning to imagine you can breathe in through your back, bringing in nourishment right through the earth, breathing the earth into you. Might take a little bit more attention, a little more time. Allowing it to come all the way up, coming in, breathing in under the scalpulas, into the upper back. Breathing in through the front of the upper chest, into the area of the collarbones. Feeling the air come through into the upper lobes of the lungs. And now feeling the whole of the torso and the legs, feeling it as one breathing organ, the breath coming in as it does to every corner. Allowing this sense of the breath coming in to begin to go down the right arm and including that in the breathing. Breathing into the bones. Into the forearm. Into the hand. And then including the left arm, upper arm, lower arm, and the hands.
So feeling the whole of the body from the neck down, as if it was one breathing organ. Pulling in through the skin everywhere, feeling the invigorating energy of breath, of aliveness, nourishment. You might find that the breath naturally elongates a little bit to allow you to feel the breath coming in so fully. Putting as much attention on this as possible. Really letting yourself stay completely with the sensations of the body. And allow this breathing in now to include the head. Breathing in through the scalp, right into the middle of the head. and in through the forehead. And the rest of the face. So taking a few more breaths, long, full, breathing in through every corner of the surface, filling every corner of your body with breath. And on the exhale, relax completely, feeling your body, Noticing as you do this, if perhaps the line between inside and outside is a little blurred or not so steady. Noticing if there's a sense of space inside the body as well as in the area around you. Noticing if there's places that you can feel or places where the sense of breath and contact is less clear. And allowing it to be just as it is. So doing two more breaths with full attention on breathing in and filling the body.
And then letting your breath return to its natural breath and just resting and feeling what's here. Letting yourself connect with the experience of your body as it lays here. And now with as much ease and slow movements, allow yourself to come back to your upright sitting posture.
settling in, connecting to the body, the breath. As we continue our practice, I'll offer a couple of little suggestions that you can play with if you like for including and relating to thoughts as they pass through. Allowing your attention to be soft and inclusive. And you might try as thoughts come through, see if you can imagine them as clouds floating through. Or boxcars if you prefer. Seeing them come in that you know them, you might have a clear sense of their content or maybe just a vague sense, you sort of get the gist. Not grabbing a hold of and then letting them pass. You might notice one of the things that happens is that when we turn our attention towards the thoughts, it's almost like they disappear, they scatter in the light. So notice the empty space if that happens and then just be patient. And when it arises, see it and let it go.
an alternate approach, if visualizing isn't so effective for you, would be to try to count the thoughts as they come. Don't count the counting thoughts, but count the thoughts as they arise. You might notice in any of these that we're like a cat waiting at a mouse hole. And somehow the mouse knows we're at the mouse hole and often sort of finds a different hole and comes in from the side. So we often feel the thought when it's part way through or almost over. And just notice that, that's fine. You might notice just the tail end of the thought. And then for a moment, drop all effort. Feel your body. Notice if if there's any tension and allow that to soften. having a broad open awareness of your body, the space around you, and whatever's arising, sensations or sounds, emotion, And simply allow this open awareness to also include the thoughts as they come through. No longer focusing exclusively on that. But just as a thought comes through, notice it in whatever way is natural to you. Perhaps it'll be as a cloud or a bubbling or something popping up or drifting by. 
simply include without getting involved. And when you do get involved, simply come back and begin again.
as we come to the end of our practice period, rather than ringing the bell, I'm going to invite you to just when you're ready to transition into walking. And if you choose to continue sitting a little longer, then just when you're ready, continuing this morning with your practice, flowing from sitting to walking, finding your own way to support the steadiness and clarity and kindness of your heart-mind.